0: Well, joining me in the studio today is Raleigh Burley, no stranger oh. to radio. Hi, Hello,
1: Raleigh. Amy. Great to be in the studio
0: with yeah. you. Yeah, and by phone, Larry Day, illustrator and artist. Hello, Larry.
2: Hi, Amy. Hi, Raleigh.
0: Hi, Larry. Good to hear your voice. Yeah, it's great to have you here. I've been wanting to talk to you uh, for a while now. And um, So I'm really glad you could join us. We're talking to illustrator Larry Day, who's the winner of the logo design for this year's 50th Mountain Fair. He also makes those wonderful spot color sketches in the Soper Sun. So welcome Larry. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And welcome Raleigh.
2: Thank you very much. It's nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Sure. You know, I was going to introduce you as an artist, but uh your website describes you as an illustrator. What's the difference?
2: Uh good question. There's really I've never seen any difference in that. Um, the artist to me, the artist and the illustrator are doing one visual fundamental thing and that's telling a story through their art, through their illustration. Um Maybe art itself, the word is more broad,
0: Mm, and
2: illustration might be more seen as more specific. Mm -hmm. But I think I've always felt that illustrators are artists, and artists are illustrators. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I think so, too. Um, I find your illustrations fascinating. I just, I really love them. Yeah, I'm gushing a little bit here. You know... Obviously, I've been reading your website, but you flunked high school art class? How can that be? (laughs) Tell us about your illustrious illustrator journey so far.
2: Well, after flunking um, high school art class, which was primarily primarily in crafts, it was not interesting to me. It was a lot of decoupage and and macrame and
0: stuff like that, Mm -hmm. so...
2: I was just asking for trouble and I got into it. Um, anyway, so, be, but before that, I was in high school, I had taken this art correspondence course from uh, uh, Minneapolis. Right. And so, all through high school, I was taking these cor- this course that was actually much more advanced than, and I, you know, I had in art school, in high school, in central Illinois, which is where I'm from. Mm hmm. Um, by the time I got to college I went to I went to a uh, a brand kind of a new um, two year associate degree commercial mm-hmm. art college in uh believe or not in Carbondale, Illinois Southern Illinois University and there I had spied on top of the uh, the instructor's the main instructor's filing cabinet—an identical course that I had taken in high school <laughs> okay. uh, from this art school. So mm-hmm. I said, "Oh, so you took so you took that course too?" <laughs> he looked at me very—he he wasn't very happy with, <laughs> with that. I knew that uh, he's on to me. <laughs> so That's had he taken the course?
0: Had he taken that course? You think?
2: I don't know if he had taken it. He never answered. Yeah, but right. there was a lot. A lot of information in there that he used. Mm-hmm. So so when I got to college, naturally, it was like, coincidentally, it was like a review for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And from there, I went back home to central Illinois, and I actually got a job doing drawing parts manuals, isometric breakdown drawings of farm implement machinery.
0: Oh, wow. Detailed I know work.
2: Very exciting. Yeah. Well,
0: it's detailed work. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, the thing about it was really kind of great was I got to work with people. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I'd really gotten a job. And I think that is something that I always tell people when you first start working, find find anything you can just so you can learn how to work with
0: people. Okay, sure.
2: And from that point, I went actually, I tried a little freelance um, on my own Mm -hmm. in that small town, which, you know, it's a very small town, about 3,500, so didn't go very far
0: so from there I went
2: yeah right it's a big shocker I know um, I went to Chicago and started working in the arcade industry drawing pinball games and video games
0: wow that's um, interesting what drawing video games and and uh, pinball games what do you mean by that is that like storyboard stuff
2: no, the actual art on the games, this is before
0: oh.
2: handheld, this is before, this is right after fire was invented.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so you mean like those cool graphics on the side of the machine?
2: On the side, on the front, on the marquee, on the back glass, on the play field of the pinball game, wow. on everything, on the bumpers. I had to learn how to how to illustrate on, on the actual objects, you know? and make decals for just about everything. When you look at a pinball game, it's overwhelming the amount of art that's on one yeah. of those
0: sites. Yeah, so you painted that art for what companies?
2: I did it for, um, first I went to this place called Advertising Posters, and Advertising Posters printed printed all this stuff for all these uh, uh, arcade manufacturers mm-hmm. in Chicago, in the mm-hmm. Chicago area. In the western suburbs, um, yeah. So what they did is they had a they had a system that was set up just like the newspapers used to have, where they had a staff of illustrators. So if you if you want to us to print your stuff, we have illustrators that can also come in or um, draw it for you. Um, newspapers were set up the same way, and so that was. A full-time job there, drawing video games and pinball games.
0: That's um, amazing.
2: For yeah, and then I went to work for that place went under went under, and I went to work for another arcade company called Gottlieb, and they are a very old time, old world. I mean, one of the original pinball manufacturers.
1: Do you have any of these? Um, Did you hang on to a machine with your work on it?
2: No, I didn't hang on to the machines, but I've got a lot of the artwork, the original artwork, and some of the printed printed glass and some of the printed mm-hmm. plexi that they used. Yeah,
0: I'm wondering if I ever played yeah. pinball on one of your machines, because you know, Possible. not that I played a lot of pinball, I was pretty bad at it, but you know, occasionally. Yeah, I would I, you do know, I that. never
2: actually played it. I never played the video games or the. Occasionally, I'd play a pinball game, and I was never good at it either.
0: That's fascinating. Um, yeah,
2: there's a lot, of, a lot of art on those games.
0: Yeah, oh that what an experience. Uh,
2: you know, when I was young, I used to do hand lettering and windows and stuff like that, cars on cars. And when I was, that was when I'd come home from college, and everything I did, I didn't realize that I was training myself everything was an advancement. And when I got into the pinball game stuff, it was an advancement on on learning how to organize, organize everything and, and take this chaos and control it. Um, which is kind of a metaphor for the way I do, I do, um, approach my artwork. I start with chaos and then I just kind of, little things away until I I get to the essence of what I want to do. And I think that has a lot to do with my desire, inherent desire to control things.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting, Larry, because when I was looking, I love your website, and when I was reading through it, um, I can't remember the section. It might have been storyboard, but it was about the Underground Railroad and Uh you know how you uh sketched out your points of view and i thought i Uh i'm a photographer of sorts and um you know i thought about points of view and how i use different lenses to get that same kind of point of view Uh and that you you know you spent time you know you'd sketch out something from one point of view and then maybe you'd You'd go, no, I don't want that. I need more movement and you you zoom in and then you make another sketch of what what maybe might be a wide angle shot. And um, is that what you mean about chaos?
2: Um not necessarily well, in a way. yeah you know, I think um Yeah, you know, you're probably right. That's it's probably it's probably something like that. It's, it's like if you took a page and you just drew a wild squiggle, like like a, an overview of a plate of spaghetti, and then you took all the spaghetti away, finally, and you just had one strand. Mm-hmm. So that's like, that is in that, that's a cousin to that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a, it's part of it. It's when I started drawing storyboards, for uh, TV mm-hmm. commercials, you have very little time to draw a 30-second idea, mm-hmm. and you have to be able to draw anything at any time, any any genre, any type of male, female, African American, white, mm-hmm. Asian. You have to be able to draw anything at the you know at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. So that was great training for yeah. me to learn how to control a chaotic situation in, and simplify it mm-hmm. and get, it, get things down to their essence of what I would like that person who is looking at my work to immediately understand it yeah. and relate to it.
0: Yeah, it sounds almost reductionist, but we don't have to go down that path. <laughs> you know, I keep saying I love your work, I love your website, I love your storyboard, but it's true. I particularly like the storyboard art on your website, especially the Altoids, uh-huh. the World War One Altoids oh, yeah. ad. Oh, yeah. geez. What For listeners who don't know, besides movies and TV, what is a storyboard and what is that kind of art typically used for? A
2: storyboard is used in commercials anyway which is all I did, I didn't do movies or TV or anything, but for a commercial, it's the show, it's, the, it's for the creative director, the art director, the all the people involved from the ad agency to present an idea to the client. Mm-hmm. So you have, like, say, um, um, you know, I did a lot of work with McDonald's, you have the CEO of marketing there. I don't know if you got the CEO, but usually they did. Mm-hmm. And you'd have them sitting there and the the storyboard would be put up, shown to them, and this is visually, they would show this is how the story, this is how, how the story goes. And from there, you know, they would either take that storyboard and make a commercial and use that storyboard and make what then would be called a shooting board, which is like a um, much more, many more frames of the 30 second or 60 second oh. spot, whatever you have.
0: Okay, it's just yeah. marvelous. So, it's marvelous, and um, the World War One altoids with the the. Uh, the uh, British guy or whatever goes to yeah, the ally, right. goes yeah. over to the Axis. Yeah. It's the wrong war, but um, and, and holds up the yeah. Altoids. <laughs> it's great. You know, Yeah, the Germans looked there really mean.
2: Frames,
0: yeah. It was. <laughs> that's, more, yeah, of course. Uh-huh.
2: They're shooting at them. Yes. Um, but there, there were many more frames to that spot, too. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I remember that. I had to show, draw a bullet close up of a bullet coming at you. Oh wow. I remember
0: that. Well there goes there so, comes the, so the farm instrument training. You yeah know. right. That's great. You know it yeah, seems that both. it seems that uh Larry Day it seems like you incorporate uh, a sense of humor and you know you were talking mm-hmm. about uh working with people and it that really shows up, you know, your your love and appreciation of of everyday life. Um and I want to talk a little bit about the REMAX and Dow Chemical Prints on your website. Talk about a sense of humor. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the one thing I always picked up, one one of the things I picked up early um, was, I think it was from Buster Keaton when he <laughs> said, when in Dow leave the expression out. And so I'd look at his work and I... You know, I see that this guy, like, has no expression, but mm-hmm. it's funnier funnier than anything. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it funny is just these moments in your day-to-day life that, <laughs> you know, you don't have to, when you tell a joke, you don't have to be the one laughing. <laughs> it's
0: true. <you> know? <laughs> Usually right? we are, so, though. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. But that stayed with me, and it still does. I still think of that, you know, mm-hmm. that. Is kind of the basis for the type of humor that I like. Mm-hmm. Is it's not necessarily slapstick, of course, but it's that that thing of a. It's almost like, hey, did you see that? What just happened? That was funny. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: it's like your bighorn bad sheep game. in the paper. Right, the bighorn sheep yeah. with the. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. I also appreciate how bad dad puns. Too. <laughs> there you have it.
0: Well, um. I want to remind listeners, it's about, uh, it's 447, you're listening to KDNK, this is Valley Voices. My guests today are Larry Day, illustrator and winner of the logo design for this year's 50th Mountain Fair. He makes those wonderful spot color sketches in the Soper Sun, and Raleigh Burley, who's the editor of the Soper Sun. I'm glad you guys are here. You know, I first noticed your work, Larry, um, with the sketch of Garfield County Commissioner Mike Sampson in the paper in the Soper Sun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was hooked right away. Can you and Raleigh talk about how you made your way to the Soper Sun?
1: Um, so, when I first met Larry, um, there were weeks afterwards where I was unsure of whether he was somebody I imagined. Um, we had a Roaring Fork Drawing Club going on and A session planned at Staircase Park here in Carbondale, um, which many of the sketchers that come to Roaring Fork Drawing Club didn't know where it was. and So I produced a map, and it was a little bit stormy that day, and everybody ended up bailing to Pepinos, except I didn't hear about it. And apparently Larry didn't hear about the Pepinos alternate as well. And so I was down by the river, and Larry came up, and we got to chatting, and then I didn't see him again for maybe months and told people about Uh, him, but, uh, there was no proof of Larry. Now there's plenty (laughs) proof.
0: Raleigh, you're just making this stuff up, (laughs) but, uh,
1: it's fantastic. Every time I talk to Larry, I learn more about how extensive your work is Mm -hmm. and, um, and so pleased to have you designing this year's mountain fair poster.
0: Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. I haven't, I haven't seen it. Can you describe it, or do we have to wait?
2: Um, I don't know if I can describe it. I don't know <laughs> if... Hey, that would be up to Amy.
1: Oh,
0: um, right. Sorry, Amy. We I can don't know say know secret or not. Um,
1: I've been in dialogue with Amy, and there's a good chance that you will see the poster in next week's Oprah Sun prominently.
2: Oh, that's oh. great. That's fantastic.
1: Mm-hmm. So we'll just see it then.
0: Could be the... Let's Front page. The cover?
1: Yeah. Maybe we'll find out.
0: Okay, well. I think it might you're I think it might
1: book. have to be. <laughs>
2: I think it would be too, I think it would be, if it was any smaller, I don't know if it would carry
0: as well.
1: Are you saying it's somewhat chaotic? <laughs> it's somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> I would call it peace and chaos.
0: Peace and chaos. Hey. That's a Peace
2: nice theme. In high end. Peace in high-end.
0: Peace in chaos. Peace in chaos, not peas mm-hmm. and carrots. Peace in
2: chaos. No, not peas and carrots, but that's a good one,
0: too. Okay. I just really like the... I love the, the um, those tiny sketches in the paper um, because they capture so much. You know, I mean, the commissioner drawing, especially with Mike Sampson, that was Mike Sampson. You know, it was like the essence of Mike Sampson in... Two square inches, or something.
1: Yeah, Larry, during drawing club, would often sketch the sketchers, and um, and so then that idea transferred to how do we kind of um, make these Garfield County reports a little bit more interesting? And and then we thought, well, we've got this guy who can do a really extraordinary courtroom style sketch, and and then we've also published many cartoons, and now some specifically made for the Sopea Sun.
2: Yeah, the, the. It was uh, fascinating, yeah. It was, kind of, <laughs> it was kind of a a great move. Uh, these are just, these are not just, these are commissioners sitting at a very boring table in a very boring room talking probably about very boring things. And sometimes. So I thought it was quite remarkable at that point, I think. But I don't know, you know, I'm sure that they, they gets heated or whatever kind of great conversations. But. Um but I just oh, I just thought it was really a nice move on Raleigh's part to to do that. It was really kind of cool.
0: Yes, very good move on Raleigh's part. I just I don't know. It's just, you know, court sketching has always been fascinated to me because often you can't take, cameras into the courtroom, obviously. Right. And with yeah. with NPR, you have Nina Totenberg giving a blow-by-blow blow of what judge says what in the Supreme uh-huh. Court. But with court sketches, you know, ever since I was young and would watch TV news um, and they would have these court sketches, that just fascinated me because it was, you know, it's as you know, it's live drawing and you have to get the right. details right. Artists have to make an accurate rendering of what's going on in the courtroom. And yeah, I, I, yeah, right. Talk about that.
2: Well, I, especially with the drawings I did of in the you know, court court uh, hearings. I don't know if they were hearings or what they were actually. Um, with the Michael Francesco
1: mm-hmm.
2: case, that was. So I was sitting right next to them, and. Uh, when I start, what, what one of my goals was to not make it look like a typical courtroom drawing that i would seen before. I wanted it to be more like a feeling of a journalistic drawing. Um, I was always influenced by the drawings of uh, old illustrator by the name of Robert Weaver, um, who would stand, who would just draw from draw people doing their thing. He'd draw window washers. He'd draw baseball players and, you know, whatever. Um, but it was the way he drew them that was always inspiring to me. I thought, if I ever get a chance, I'm going to just get, and get the materials that I feel comfortable with and the, the materials that I feel comfortable with doing a courtroom sketching I thought are risky because I'm sketching with what's called a wolf pencil. W O L F F. And it's a carbon pencil and it gives a really nice dark line, but you can't erase it. You can't right. change it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it gave me kind of this feeling of okay, I'm just going to draw this. Mm-hmm. I've drawn enough people and I've drawn enough of this. I can just do it here. And yeah, so I just had the piece of paper. I just looked at him and I just started drawing. Um, and then I added color later at home mm-hmm. because I felt I'll never be able to do these.
1: Oh
0: yeah, do
2: enough of these if I had to color you them have, now, You Have to so.
0: do the watercolor. Um,
2: yeah,
0: with that. But I, you know, I, we only have like a minute left. This always goes so fast. Oh, okay. and You know, I've been doing this show for I don't know, probably since you know fire was invented. Um, like you <laughs> and uh, I'm always surprised at how fast they go. So, you know, just it looks like there's uh, room for artistic license in court sketching or sketches for a journalistic outlet. Is that is that okay? Because I know there is isn't okay. for photographs. There isn't much wiggle room. Mm. No. Is, what,
1: is what okay, Amy?
0: Artistic license for journalistic drawing.
1: I don't think so. Got
0: uh, 30 seconds. I
1: uh, don't... You mean that there?
2: For embellishing it or
0: yeah.
2: what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, not, not really. Okay. Not. Yeah. I don't think I, I don't think I would be interested in it. Yeah. If it was, if I was asked to do that, right? I think I think just drawing things as they are, mm-hmm. and just relying on my own interpretation is is what um, what I like.
0: Well, Larry so Day nice and Raleigh Burley of the Soper Sun, thanks very much for taking the time to join me today.
1: Thank you, Amy. You're welcome.